Welcome in. Welcome, friends. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star audio-only edition. I'm Johnny Venerable. Uh, very jealous. My co-host, Bo Brock, who got to share a, a room for an intimate 20 minutes, along with the rest of the uh, local Arizona media, with one Kyler Murray, who took to the podium for the first time since, what, damn near three months ago, during training camp slash the preseason, K1 speaking about a number of topics. Of course, that's where we have to start with today, Bo Brock. First of all, you were telling me off air, it was getting a little testy in the press room as it relates to some folks hoping that Kyler Murray would speak because uh, at the end of the day, he's the starting quarterback. You have to talk, right? Yeah, I think with all the shenanigans and, and the smoke screen and, and still no official you know, naming of a starting quarterback this week for the Arizona Cardinals that – you know, people were getting a little tense that they weren't going to be able to do their job on Thursday. And there was the, <laughs> we got an impromptu yeah. Tyler Murray press availability. And he sat up there, talked for about 20 minutes. And I think he answered just about every question for the most part that people had, you know, about his rehab, the transition from the previous regime to this regime, the differences what he likes about it, what he likes about Drew Petzing's offense, what he likes about his new teammates, um, what he likes about the potential future of this franchise um, and his role in it. So, you know, I think Kyler Murray did, did a fine job up there um, and is kind of trying to temper, you know, excitement as he approaches, quickly approaches his season debut on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. So a lot to take away from this press conference, Bull Brock. Uh, the one thing that immediately jumped out to me, well, first of all, it was just great to see him, like as cliche as that is. It's like, again, two seasons in itself, and now you just you get to welcome back like the best player, you know, co-best player along with Buda Baker in your franchise, the one that has the most impact with how your franchise operates, win or loss on Sunday. And, you know, Kyler Murray kind of going off for about a minute or so, basically talking about, accountability within the Cardinal organization. Like we knew that this was happening. We knew he felt this way, but to kind of hear him articulate it. And then if you watch the clip, it's on Bo's Twitter. He stops himself like midway through very much takes the high ground, but you could tell like, mm -hmm. you know, he alludes to like, we've won before here, but it's almost like, yeah, we won despite ourselves, despite the infrastructure. And mm -hmm. I think myself, you, a lot of people, would make you the argument like they won with talent. They won with Kyler Murray's talent, DeAndre Hopkins' talent, but they didn't win for sustainable success. They didn't have an infrastructure that he believes now, Bo, that they have that's going to lead to maybe not immediate success, but success that's going to be easier to measure on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, I mean, in post, I can add the clip. I'll add the audio. and Everybody obviously listening to the audio only version can, can kind of judge for themselves. Uh, what Kyler Murray was saying and what he potentially could have said, right? What he, what he kind of paused, I believe the quote that, you, that you're mentioning, like where he was agreeing with Buda Baker and DJ Humphrey's assessments as far as how it's a night and day shift. It's a culture shock, not a culture shift. Complete 180, I believe, is what he was, he was quoted as saying. Um, and that there has, they've won before and, you know, how how they won football games and he kind of stopped himself, you know, and yeah, uh, it, it was one of the more interesting answers 
that that he gave. But it, it's also refreshing to know that he feels like this organization is in the right hands. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people, you know, Buddha and, and DJ and all the all the quotes about how it's been night and day, um, complete like 180 shift and stuff like that. Uh, I would I would agree. Um, obviously, you know, we've won games in the past due to you know, uh, but um, you know, JG and Monty just coming in, I think comes down to accountability, man, and everybody doing their job. Uh, everybody doing their job, everybody holding each other accountable um, and, and setting that standard. And if you break that standard, then, you know, it's, it is what it is. You got to face whatever consequences, regardless if it's me, if it's JG, whoever it is. Um, and if we hold each other to that standard, then um, that's how you build the culture. You know, you bring in the right guys uh, that are, you know, bought in and willing to do whatever for, the, you know, the guy next to them. And that's just, uh, I think we're, you know, we're heading in the right direction. And then, you know, I asked him about his relationship with Jonathan Gannon and like what we've been hearing, what you've been reporting is you know, they're very like-minded individuals, right? They, they, they see eye to eye on, on a lot of things as far as their competitiveness. It's, it's both right on the same level. And, and yeah. I think that they are, are very fond of each other. They, they really enjoy the working relationship that they have the head coach franchise quarterback, what goes along with that and just how they hold each other accountable and kind of hold their feet to the each other's feet to the flames um, to, to make sure that they're doing everything within their power to get this team set up for success, not only in the interim, but more so down the road. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to put it. Like, it, again, like I, I feel like Kyler is much more comfortable with who he is and, and who surrounds him within this franchise now. Because again, like in a weird way, you watch him at that press conference and it, it was almost like Kyler Murray versus everybody in that organization in the past, right? Like mm -hmm. was Kingsbury an advocate? Well, they weren't speaking last year. Steve Kimes certainly wasn't an advocate leaking things, you know, externally to, to media to make Kyler look bad. And of course, Michael Bidwell puts the homework clause in there. Now it's like Monty Austin Ford and, and Jonathan Gannon are true advocates. Drew Petzing are, are true advocates that are trying to enable his success so everybody can succeed. And it, it almost feels like Kyler Murray, he's around like grownups again, like professionals. I know he was a, a kid at Oklahoma, but I mean, like I, it's it's in vogue to, to rip on Lincoln Riley now. Like that's a big boy staff. And that's a that's a top five, top 10 program consistently in college football. Heisman trophies, Final Fours, Big Ten champion, Big Twelve championships. Why they were there? Like it's a real thing. And Kyler Murray was a part of it. He was a, a huge part of it. He was a huge cog. But it wasn't the entirety of the franchise or the organization or the or the university all on him. You got to clean up all these messes, Kyler. You've got to make sure that we're not a national embarrassment. I mean, he came to the Cardinals, and they were what I just watched on TV today. Like they were the Carolina Panthers. Mm -hmm. The difference is Bryce Young is not Kyler Murray. Like and it feels like that franchise, good hell, going going backwards real quick. That looks like Jimmy Clausen tonight against the Carolina, excuse me, Chicago Bears with Bryce Young and like Kyler Murray came into that environment with Josh Rosen leaving and he cleaned it up almost immediately. So I I watch him today and I'm like, well, he's still only 26 years old and he's been through so much and he's under contract. It's in that have a contract year come up. He's locked in. To be able to, to, to hear him today talk about his experiences, of course, with his rehab bow and his knee and then prior experiences before Gannon and company got here, it's just it, like he's been here for a long time. 
And it really does feel like if they can get this on track and it starts on Sunday, he's going to be here for a long time after the fact. This is, this is, I don't want to put too much stock into these games, but it does feel like, man, we're like, he, he crushes these eight games. He's going to be their quarterback for a long time. But if he doesn't, they're going to have to make a difficult decision. But I, again, like I'll double down after what I heard today. Like this man's a killer. He's out for blood. And you can't tell me with these opposing quarterbacks the rest of the year, he's he's not going to outplay these guys. Can he pick it? Come on. I mean, Kyler Murray gives you the most immediate uh, ability to to pivot this rebuild into contending for a playoff spot. I mean, mean, you know, if if it's not him, you pivot to a direction that's a longer play, right? And and, and it's not going to be too long. Like, I I don't want to, you know, set up this. (laughs) <laughs> this is just horrible, you know, the Cardinals are going to attain success or achieve success. And, you know, they're going to have to go through the lumps and the growing pains of, of, a, of a rookie quarterback contract again. But, the, you know, a lot of the time in, in you know, Johnny's example of, of the number one overall pick struggling mightily as he did on Thursday night. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's usually the reality of pivoting to a rookie quarterback contract. Like, very there there are some exceptions to the rule but you know figuring out like how their game from the collegiate level to the nfl level is going to translate sometimes it's it's not perfect right it's not you know boom boom and next thing you know they're making just about the same places we're seeing cj stroud this year you know Mm -hmm. he seems to be the outlier of his class because the rest of the class is, is is struggling mightily will levis had you know a pretty good game against this defense that kyler's gonna face on sunday and you know, I I like that Kyler Murray in his press conference today agreed with the overall direction of the organization, but he also mm-hmm. pushed back on some things that I really like that he pushed back on, like the conversation about it's going to take he's going to knock it's going to take some time to knock the rust off. Hey, everybody, temper these expectations. Love things that. We've heard from Drew Petzing, things we've heard from Jonathan Gannon. He said in his press conference that when Gannon kind of said that to him, like, and I don't know what he said exactly. Right. And and I'm not going to try to attempt to, but basically paraphrasing, like, Hey, you need to have tempered expectations because this is hard. And, you know, coming off your injury and learning a new offense, obviously that there's going to be some growing pains, but he was just like, no, 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 that's not how I, he he said he laughed when Gannon presented that to him. He laughed does at that, Does that surprise you that Gannon says that? The, the, the franchise that has been so, I don't want to say lax, but like almost nonchalant this year with, especially last week with Clayton Toon in Cleveland. It's like, Kyler, you know, take a couple of weeks, knock the rust off. Let's not overreact. And it's like, come on, guys. We're, we're Let's try to get some wins. Let's try to get some Ws. Right. Like if, it does feel like Kyler Murray Bow. I know the coaching staff, I don't want to say the coaching staff doesn't have a sense of urgency, but Kyler sure, Kyler Murray sure as hell does. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown does. Well, he guys, knows I mean, like, he knows the score. Yeah, they want to they want to stick around. Talked about that at his locker uh, a day ago. I mean, the the day before Kyler Murray spoke on Thursday. I mean, he said, you know, when when he came into this organization, he saw all the outside noise, especially from a national perspective, and he came from you know the East, East Coast playing for the Baltimore Ravens, and he gets here, he's like, hey, Kyler's, what, what's this all about? And you know, I mean, he, he's he's been dealing with uh, Kyler's that the chip on his shoulder has been growing. It was yeah. far before he suffered this injury, and it was even before his uh, before he signed that big deal. Like he he's he was he's been a polarizing figure at least nationally. I think he 
before he signed the deal, he was less polarizing for this for this fan base and this organization. And um, I mean, it, it's been something that's been 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 slowly growing. And now, you know, here he is with this opportunity, this this new regime, this this new life, this renewed hunger for the game, uh, realizing what it looks like when the game's taken away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, that. He wants to go out there and he didn't have the ability to silence those critics. And, and here's his first opportunity. And with that, Johnny, like things we talked about, like he can immediately, not immediately, but over the next eight weeks and, and probably quicker than that, a few, you know, the first four weeks, I would say he could just pretty much take the Cardinals out of the conversation as far as eyeing a quarterback at the top of the draft. He could end it. I mean, he he wins on Sunday, and I'm not going to overreact to a team that has two wins if they win on Sunday. Super Bowl, like, according to Tyler, Taylor Heineke. It's the God Super bless, Bowl. God bless Taylor Heineke. And that, it was one of the most ratioed quote tweets I've ever seen on the history of our Dear Dear app on Twitter. It was like 7 to 150 when I checked it last. Got I love that shit, man. Arthur Smith is is a big-time clown, uh, and, the, and the Cardinals have no business. This Atlanta team. They they have a terrible DNA. They may have a little bit more talent, but man, they they're they're going nowhere fast. I I think Kyler Murray wins Sunday, and it's basically going to be like game on. Where we we feel really good about even like even if it doesn't four touchdowns, seventy percent completion look good. Like two touchdowns, he's moving around sixty five percent completion, no turnovers. Mm. I think Cardinal defense is going to play inspired football because of who's playing quarterback for them. Uh, and then you, I mean, you turn around, you win this game, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Houston, very winnable game. The the Rams are, I mean, Carson Wentz, come on, like that, that in Arizona, you might face be facing Carson Wentz and Puka and Cooper Cup. Like, sign me up for that. So, I I do think you get a W on Sunday, and you vault yourself to two wins. I mean, you think about it. The the Panther team I just watched again is not. I don't think he's winning another game this year. They are the they are such a bad watch right now. Bryce Young is is I mean, he's not a bust yet, but man, it, it his inaccuracies. I posted on Twitter, it's so bad. He is so inaccurate with the football, and people are complaining about weapons. And you got Al Michaels coming. I'm sorry, dude can't hit open receivers. I, I Carolina is oh, is going to that, that down the shed of that game. Oh my god, he couldn't hit. A, a big tight end anywhere close to him. I mean, he's you're telling me people are open against Chicago Bears defense. Of course they are. Yeah, he's a disaster. They're picking high. The Giants are the Giants. Do you know what the line is? Giants Cowboys this weekend, Bo? I checked it before the show. Uh, Has to be the biggest line of the year, easily. I really? know what it is. We, yeah. We've seen some gaudy lines. Uh, so you saying that? I'll have to go with like fifteen and a half, seventeen. Wow. The Giants are a 17 point dog to Dallas. They're playing <laughs> their quarterbacks are terrible. The I the Giants aren't winning another game. Tyrod's gone. Danny Dimes is gone. It would take a miracle for the Giants to win another game. I, I think there's going to be a group of about, and I don't think the Bears are going to do much after tonight. There's going to be a group of about four or five teams, and what helps Kyler Murray and hurts the narrative of people wanting to tank for a quarterback. Cardinals strength of schedule is hard as shit. Mm-hmm. Now, I think their schedule lightens up, but it's 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 well over 525. So what that means for those kind of scratching their head is if they have the same record, 
with the Carolina Panthers, Panthers get the tiebreaker, a.k.a. the Bears get the tiebreaker. I'm pretty sure the Bears have an easier strength of schedule. The Giants do. The Cardinals, because of the division they play in and because they play the AFC North, they're going to get pushed down. So even if all these teams both finish with three wins, I mean, it's conceivable Cardinals could still be picking like sixth or something. So I, I, I it does feel like, which wouldn't bother me, it mm-hmm. does feel like you get a win this Sunday, does anybody think Kyler Murray's losing out the rest of the year? I mean, especially with some of these opposing quarterbacks. And on the flip side, if they lose Sunday, while I won't overreact, they will be seven games away from a quarterback. Like, that's how I'm going to treat this the rest of the year, fair or not. You watch our program every Monday after a game. If they lose and they remain in a position, those top two picks, like, it's going to be a topic of discussion. I don't want to talk about it, yeah. but we're not going to sit here and and lie to people either. Yeah, I, I mean, there is a some gray area there, right? I mean, there, there's the point is that there? brought up. Like, if it looks like the second half against the Giants and Danny Dimes, you can't get the Giants offense off the field. And that that okay. should not happen. Like Nick That's Rollins, an extreme example, though, to happen. It is. Week. But if in in you, I thought you were using this week as an example. Like, if you're just going one week seasons here, and this is this is the this is the next test. Like, if they go out and somehow Taylor Heineke gets this is able to get this offense going, like, sure, I think, and Kyler Murray performs well. I think that there, there's we we fire up the mics post game on Sunday and, and also on Monday and, and you there could be a scenario where you're saying, okay, I'm encouraged by Kyler and yeah. they held off the quarterback thing, despite them being a one and nine record and I, I just, I, club leader in the clubhouse for the top pick. Eight games is a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's not as many as I, you and I would have liked if Kyler Murray plays 12 games. They're out of the, this discussion already in my opinion, but eight games is, I mean, even with this roster, I think the state of the schedule that they have, you you cannot be going one and seven. Can you agree with that? Down the stretch? Yeah. Like if yeah. you're, and I bet this is such a stupid conversation. I hate to even bring it up because it may not even be relevant. But let's, let's say they have two wins at the end of the year and mm-hmm. Kyler goes one and seven. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. Like it's impossible to know what that looks like, but it's, it's, it's brutal, man. Like, and I know somebody in our chat recently put out there, like Deshaun Watson had that really good year with Houston. They won four games and I, that's, I guess that can happen, but you, you got to win at least two to three. Don't you? You have to get to, to at least three, I mean, three or four if, wins. If it gets, to, if, if they only won one more game down the final eight, eight games of stretch, right? Eight games. Yeah. Indictment, not only on Kyler Murray, but, but on this, yeah. the, the staff, Rollis, like, because, like if you are getting competent quarterback play of, of anything anyway, right? Yeah. You're going to be in position to win football games and you couldn't finish it off on the defensive side of the football. And you're not, you know, you never find that complimentary it, that. Yeah. I mean, we're having a, I think we're having a, a even tougher, more well-rounded conversation. By well, then, I, which I bring it up because I, I pulled up four mocks today and all f- like from prominent sites. Yeah. They all had the car- Cardinals taking a quarterback. And again, like, and they know Kyler Murray's playing, and I, I get it. They're picking one right now. But, like, b- by the way, if the Cardinals lose out and the Panthers lose out, the Panthers have the number one overall pick. I should, I should just mention that. The Cardinals just have it right now because Carolina's mm-hmm. had their bye. The Cardinals haven't had their bye. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but every mock that I saw today on four prominent sites by people who do this for a living had the Cardinals taking a quarterback. Now that, that I mean, that doesn't mean much because this this franchise been pretty tight lipped on everything. Mm. But again, it goes back to my point. Like you have seasons like this, they end with a quarterback, unless your quarterback that you have gets you up out of there, which mm. is what we want. Right. Yeah. I mean, and like where Chicago was last year, they they happened to be in the beginning stages of or continuing the rebuild in Justin Fields. They felt like he was going to be the guy that was going to develop and a lot more than he showed earlier on. And we'll see what he proves the rest of the season. But yeah, very rarely do you have the, the quarterback who signed the massive, huge contract still in house and the, the team not performing. So it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's definitely a conversation that, that, it can go. There's only two directions it's going to go, you know, come Sunday against the Falcons, which is it's really fascinating. Break like matchup, like Jonathan Gannon versus Arthur Smith, and I think you could argue it's like one coach is doing so much more with less, right? And then the other coach is doing so much less with so much more. What they've invested in that offense and the playmakers they have, and and you know how Arthur Smith deploys them. It's, it's laughable. Um, I think that, you know, the team that is a quarter, a quarterback away versus a team that potentially could, all they have is a quarterback on Sunday, as far as the Cardinals go and James Connor. So it's a, it's a really intriguing matchup um, that is, it's, it's certainly winnable, especially with how you've looked at how the, the Falcons have, have played on defense the last couple of weeks. I mean, that's a team. There are teams that will have a significantly better record than the Cardinals that will be in astronomically worse shape than Arizona mm-hmm. in two months from now. Like this, this record is going to give them an elite player. We hopefully not at the quarterback position. And then they're going to fast forward. Like it, it's like, you know, a magic elixir when you, your franchise quarterback comes off of a torn ACL and he just suddenly reemerges for you. Right. It's like, Atlanta chose the reality this year. They like, remember they like, there was that tweet that came out. Lamar Jackson was available, available. And everybody thought the Falcons were going to be interested. And they're like, no, we're not interested. And they, and they rolled with Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, who, you know, has a rag arm and it has already been benched. Like the Cardinals know, like if Kyler Murray plays well, like he's their quarterback next year, or is like Atlanta is going to be in a position, like they're going to have to get creative. They could have another coaching change. I mean, they've got some talent, but I mean, they took a tight end and a running back in the first round. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Cardinals, it's funny. The rebuild, I think, is going to be expedited by two things significantly. Number one, of course, if, if Kyler Murray comes back and reestablishes himself. That goes without saying, especially in the, in the dismal NFC. And then that's my second point. The NFC is so bad. The NFC South is going to be one with a losing record this year. I think we're about 18 months away from the NFC West potentially imploding. Brock Purdy loses on on Sunday against Jacksonville. Like, what happens? Do you you play Sam Darnold? You know, Matthew Stafford could. I, I don't. I think this is his last year with the LA Rams. And of course, like Geno Smith has regressed this year. Like, the NFC is so there for the taking. All you have to do is put together. If you're Monty Austin Ford, can you put together like two and a half really strong off seasons? I think we would check that first box this past year for just some substance for the middle of this roster, some depth with hopefully some high-end players, Paris Johnson, Michael Wilson, et cetera. And then this offseason, you spend a little cash, you hit on your 13 draft picks, hit on half of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to be in a position where 
again, I'll triple down on this. If they bring back Kyler Murray next year, playoffs, they have to be thinking nine wins, postseason berth, feeling good about everything. And then in 2025, if not sooner, it's like, okay, are we? what do we need to do to get, get ourselves in contention, true contention? Like, you're not doing that with Drake May in the AFC. You're not doing that with Caleb Williams in the AFC for mm-hmm. some of these franchises. So they they are, again, not only eight, eight games away from Kyler Murray playing himself into this job, they're eight games from Kyler Murray playing themselves into thinking they're they're the real deal next year, you know, and, and that's a good feeling if you're a Cardinal fan. Yeah. And, you know, kind of getting back into really where we started with this press conference, I mean, where he should be and obviously where – you know, Kyler's not tempering expectations, but everybody else from his coaching staff to, to his fan base. So I think you and I probably have a little bit of, of a taste of reality, you know, what it could be. But like he he mentioned that he had heard the nine month mark in recovery, nine months post-surgery was yeah. a turning point. And then he felt he said it was crazy. Like once he, when he woke up at the nine month mark. He was going to be, he felt good. He just felt like he was ready to go. So he went and he notified the coaches, right? And they started ramping up, really, really planning out his return. It yeah. fell on this, right? And, you know, he's got really two months because on the day he makes his debut on the 12th, that's the 11-month mark. Yeah. He's almost got two months under his belt to where he's been preparing for this. So it's like, sure, he hasn't taken any hits in the preseason, but... He should be pretty well up to speed at this point. You know, getting back on the, got back on the practice field, what was it, October 18th? Yeah. Now we're almost a month removed from that. You know, it's going to be, it's been 21 days on Wednesday, you know, two days ago. So there has been time to catch up, play catch up. He was doing, he was getting the mental reps all along the way with Drew Petzing. Um, So, you know, it, it shouldn't be, He's already a way more accurate quarterback than we've seen for for this team since he left at the end of last season and what we witnessed through preseason and the regular season from Dobbs to the disaster on Sunday with Tune. So that should that should play one make be work wonders as far as what they're trying to do. And then the James Conner aspect and how he sets up the play action and how how that can kind of keep Kyler Murray and, and get wide receivers and, and playmakers open. And he's not going to have that. You know, he's already an accurate guy. I mean, from what you've seen in practice, he's putting the ball right where it needs to be. So that James Conner highlight you posted, where he's juggling it one-handed downfield from Kyler Murray, it's just that's that's just that's just football goodness for this franchise. Kyler Murray and James Conner uh, passes downfield usually uh, lead to six. Follow him at Bill Brock if you don't already. You probably are if you're listening to this podcast. The the highlights were elite today from that press conference, Bo. Uh, Twitter was on fire. Can I read you another tweet right now that just kind of off topic that, that yeah. came across my my screen here? So this is Connor Hughes back to you know the implications of this game and why it could be very significant for the Arizona Cardinals and where they draft. So this is from Connor Hughes, who covers the New York Jets and the Giants. So the Giants would pick third. If the Bears beat the Panthers, will the Bears beat the Panthers? A victory by the Cardinals playing the Falcons and a loss by the Giants playing the Cowboys would move the Giants to the second overall pick. Arizona would fall at worst to third, at best to third. So we could be in a situation with a, with a victory this weekend alone where the Cardinals move down to 
potentially the third overall pick, which would be pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, then you're talking about, you know, it, because again, we've got to project Carolina. If Carolina and the Giants lose out, that's it. Cardinals <laughs> aren't leapfrogging those teams. Right. So then it's like Kyle Murray can just clap his hands and dust himself off and say, okay, go my awesome Ford, go get me Marvin Harrison Jr. That's the scenario that if you want as a Cardinal fan, Bears picking first overall, Caleb Williams, Giants picking Drake May second overall, and then Marvin Harris. You want what happened tonight? The Bears won. The Bears have three wins. You wanted the Bears to win. Why did you want the Bears to win? If the Bears have the top two picks, Marvin goes second. If the Bears continue to win a game here and a game there and Carolina loses tonight, the Bears will pick whatever, four, five, six, it doesn't matter. You don't. You want the top two teams to be different, so they have to take a quarterback. So they have to go Caleb Williams, Drake May, back-to-back. Tonight was a big night for Cardinal fans who want Marvin Harrison Jr. in Arizona. So I thought I'd just share that because it's a very, like, the Giants are very much going to enter the equation now with Kyler Murray returning of a shitstorm team that, that <laughs> potentially could tank for a quarterback. And you, and you, I mean, I, I'm here for it. Especially, like, the Giants beat the Cardinals and, and you know, the Cardinals lose that game. Imagine if the Cardinals had beaten the Giants. I mean, they, the Giants' season would have been over already. Would have been done. They'd be they'd be in contention for Caleb Williams right now. It, it's it's there's a sweet spot, right? I mean, and and I think some people get greedy, especially when you've endured so much as far as the losing goes, like a one and eight to this point, um, to where you you start to look at it. And it's like okay, fine, fall out of Caleb Williams if if you're a Kyler fan, fall out of Drake Mays. But then, like, there's only there's only a sweet spot where Marvin Harrison is, right? So, right. if if you start to kind of fall a little bit, um, it, then then you're then you're talking tackles, then you're talking defensive players, I think, um, because Harrison's going to be off the board more than likely as late as three. So, with with all these teams, just the wheels falling off, like New York, and I know that the the Vegas Raiders continue to just do the wrong thing each and every week. Like when they need to lose, they win a game. They're firing everybody. Like they, they just need a bottom out. They just refuse to do whatever's right for them. But there, there are teams that are going to play horrid football down the stretch. Cardinals could certainly put themselves in a position, especially how with just kind of biding their time with Kyler, waiting for Kyler Murray to come back and the competitiveness that they showed early on, but not pulling out wins that they could be a team on the rise or just, trending in the right direction by the end of the season. And, you know, I think, I think the fan base, Johnny overall is, is willing to have the cards fall where, where they may. Yeah. After, after seeing things and seeing how, how hard the players play underneath under JG and what Monty's proven, I think, as far as his ability to scout uh, and all the draft capital that they have and the cap space that they'll have, they're, they're willing to concede maybe, I don't know if you really want to concede Marvin Harrison Jr., but concede at least being at the top of this draft. I think you would feel better. It's a weird sh- situation to be posed with, and people are going to hate it. But it's like you would rather win four or five of these games out of these next eight than to endure a one-in-seven stretch, even if it got you Marvin Harrison Jr. And I, that's that's really unfortunate to say. And I may, and we don't know Marvin Harrison Jr. is generational, but I mean, there have been some guys that bust at the next level. You just don't know until a guy gets to the NFL. 
Like, yeah. I think that they would like to pay Hollywood Brown if he, like, and we said it on what, Wednesday's show? He's at like, or no, I said this on your boy Jody's radio show this morning or yesterday. Mm-hmm. He, he's at like 400 yards receiving right now. And he's got yeah. eight games, and he's got eight games to go. Yeah. Like, he needs to get to 1,000 yards, in my opinion, with, with Kyler Murray. That's like 65, 70 yards per game. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm going to give him a contract extension. You've got Michael Wilson. Just because you don't give Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't mean you can't take a big-ass slot receiver now to, right. to complement those guys. Trey, I want Trey McBride to emerge, and he is emerging. Like it, but again, like that's your your contingency prize of going one and seven is you get an, an elite great player. But I, I'm so bullish on this draft anyway. I think I just I'm at the point now. I don't want to watch any more losing football, and I think you're the same same way. Like I, I want to watch this team feel so good about where they are with Kyler Murray that it's okay. Like if you don't get Marvin, get a Joe Alt. Jared Verse, get a Kool-Aid, get somebody, you know, Keon Coleman later on. Like, there's a lot of good players in this draft, man. This is not last year where, I mean, there were people in our chat that were like, if you can't get Will Anderson Jr., it's the, the draft is over. <laughs> you know, we can't get, we can't draft Jalen. If you pass on Will Anderson, it's, I mean, Will Anderson Jr. is having a nice year. I mean, they right. got a franchise tackle, in my opinion. They stole, you know, Houston's one this year and they did pretty well the rest of the draft. So, this draft is so much deeper, so much more talented on the top end. The Cardinals are going to be in really good shape. The best shape that they can be in, regardless of how you may you feel about Kyler Murray personally, is if Kyler Murray plays well and he's their quarterback and they make it work together. If you want to go to State Farm Stadium, watch viable football again, football that means something, nationally televised games, contending for the division, playoff games, divisional rounds, hosting playoff games, the quickest path there is with K1. It's not with Drake May or Caleb Williams, respectfully. Those guys are losing in shit conferences with, I think, pretty good teams around them. Mm-hmm. UNC's got good players. Yeah. You know, Caleb Williams is, stole U of A's best receiver. I know their offense is elite, but I mean, like, they, those are not magic elixirs. You know, CJ Stroud has been phenomenal this year. Maybe the best rookie quarterback of the last 10 years in terms of statistics. They're like 500, you know, mm-hmm. and no, they just, had, they, they lost to Carolina, right? They lost to Carolina. They got pretty solid. Yeah. They've they been picking in the top 10 for years. Like CJ Stroud isn't going to just go. He, he, he could probably parlay this 470 yard performance, five touchdowns into a hot streak too. But it's also realistic to think that he has a, a more uneven performances, just like he did throughout this season. Like, He's been great on a couple games, and then then he's had like rookie performances, and and right. that's that's still possible the rest of the way. I guess one of the few parting things I like to to kind of just end with before you know, obviously our full preview show live from the PHNX studios downtown Phoenix tomorrow afternoon or Friday afternoon, depending on when you consume this podcast, is Kyler Murray is he's full. It's green lights all the entire way, like as far yeah. as physically. You know, he was asked as far as, you know, physically, mentally, especially the mental part, you know, how is he dealing with the knee injury? And he said, basically, if if he thinks, if he, he was thinking about his knee still mentally, he wouldn't have been at that podium talking to you. He wouldn't have been in the opportunity in the, in the, in the starter seat, basically, to, to play on Sunday. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. That, that hurdle, he jumped over it 
weeks ago, maybe even months ago. So like the, the mental part, like, are they going to run them? Are they, you're going to see the explosives that you saw with Joshua Dobbs in the lineup. Yeah. You're going to see that. And then you're going to see, you know, you're going to see what you're used to seeing with K one back there for the Arizona Cardinals in previous seasons. I mean, like he's been healthy for a long time now and he said yeah. that as much. And he did also say like, he's, he's trying to ramp it up. They compared it to the tr- training camp. This is my training camp. This is my preseason. But I think you and I both agree, like, Maybe one possession, but I I expect big numbers from Kyler Murray this weekend. I think this this Atlanta Falcons defense, you can see what the thought process was. Cleveland's historically great defensively. Home against Atlanta is is prime for a, a vintage K one game. And I, I think they've got their best receiving core in place now. Michael Wilson is back, James Conner is back, Trey McBride is is tied in one finally. They, you know, assuming the offensive line, we'll talk about that Friday, depending on who's going to be available, mm. assuming they can do their job. Like, I, I think this, this is a game in which there, there are opportunities every week. We've seen it with Toon and, and Josh Dobbs. Players are open. Kyler Murray is going to hit the open receiver on, on Sunday, and it's going to lead to points. And it's going to be the first time in a long time this franchise is going to see what, it, what it's like having a big-time player under center. Sam Howell threw for three touchdowns against this defense. Yeah. Will Levis threw for four. Josh Dobbs had three total touchdowns in and like three quarters, three, 10 total touchdowns from those three bargain bin quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, They're, Atlanta's close to quitting. I think like maybe not on the season you lose to Josh uh, with Dobbs cold. Yeah. yeah. Offense player of the week. Do you see that? Josh Dobbs. Yeah. In the NFC. Yeah. <laughs> He's, He's getting slimed by Nickelodeon. Like, oh, God. Joshua Dobbs. It, like, the man. It's Lynn Sanity right now with Joshua it is. Dobbs. It's great. I love it so much. Oh. Isn't it great? This little podcast that could threw his name around in March all throughout the summer. Like, he was an afterthought. Like, I literally, we had that real quick. We had that in March. I followed him on Instagram, mm-hmm. feverishly checking his stories, his tag photos, like, making sure, like, maybe he tweets out a cactus emoji because nobody else is following Josh Dobbs, you know, Mm. in in March and April and it never happened. And I'm like, Oh man, that's really, that's really unfortunate. And now he, and then he came here for eight weeks and now he's gone and he's on a playoff contender. I mean, it's just, I will never see anything like that. Can I say one shithead thing? Yes, go ahead. It's like, you see all this stuff, like all these great headlines about Joshua Dobbs and every single thing of them are it's deserved, right? Yeah. Spectacular performance, you know, what he did, what he was up against. It's unbelievable. Never practiced with his new teammates before going in there and doing what he did. But we know what happens next. I really feel like we know what happens next. I feel like we've we we were in the original. Well, listen, Ke- Kevin O'Connell, I mean, he's a playoff head coach, and they 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 want to they've won more games than they've lost since he's been their their head coach. I think he's pretty good. I think he's yeah. Like two years ago, Minnesota, you know, was the Mike Zimmer their offensive personnel with Justin Jefferson, he and Addison and Hawkinson. Like, I I think Dobbs. I think they're going to be in the playoff mix, man. I know you think he's going to plateau. I think he's going to fuck around and make enough plays okay. that they're they're going to be around eight wins at the end of the year. I'm curious to see like with Cam Akers going down in the same game. Yeah. He's done for the season. If Mattinson 
can hold up, carry the load as a running back and do similar thing. Like we saw Dobbs, your big time ball carrier goes down. Yeah. Takes away the threat of the play action. There's so much better at receiver though. And I like the Cardinals receiver. Jefferson comes back, not this week, but like next week. And he's got, Mm -hmm. he and Addison. I mean, that Addison's look fantastic. Have you watched him? He looks flipping awesome. They, that franchise knows how, how to draft receivers. So, and again, this is not me like shitting on Hollywood. I watched Joshua Dobbs airmail touchdown after touchdown attempt to 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 poor Hollywood Brown. Making a Justin great Jefferson, he's on a different there. level. <laughs> what would you say? Like Edison isn't if, catching those balls either. Just so you know. If okay, let me ask you this. I know we're at forty-one minutes for this audio. God damn. Uh, if if Josh Dobbs makes the playoffs with the Vikings, do they have to re-sign him? Um, yeah, I, I think, mean, yes, I think, yes, they have to, they, they've got some tough decisions at the quarterback position, regardless. I mean, I think Dobbs is going to have such, if he takes into the playoffs, he's going to have such a, a market and he's going to be buying potentially to start somewhere if he does that. But see, th- and then think about that. What's the comp pick that the Cardinals just flushed down the toilet for a six and a seventh? I mean, no. could you, could, could, did you just give away a third in 2025? Flush down the ability to be competitive in a week this season. Well, and, and again, you you were never getting that comp pick in Arizona because he wasn't going to play anymore. Right. It was always true. I, I do think if Dobbs gets them to the playoffs, if they're serious about Kirk Cousins eventually coming back, you have to resign Dobbs. And it's almost like a direct like emulation of what has happened this year in Arizona. It's like Dobbs, okay, get us to Kirk Cousins next year. Mid-season, you just did this with Kyler Murray in Arizona. It's funny this this whole situation. I will I will watch the Minnesota Vikings more intently now because it we're 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 at BetMGM last week and that was going down and my jaw was on the floor. I couldn't believe he was doing that. It's a great story. There's gonna be a there's just gonna, there's gonna be some hokey movie. Hopefully, better. Uh, no, nah, I'm not gonna see what it's gonna. But there's gonna be a hokey movie out there, and it's gonna be the Josh Dobbs story. It's gonna be this nerdy rocket scientist kid and his path to NFL stardom, a insanity type run that just captivated a nation. Can't wait for it. Here for it. Also here for a full preview show tomorrow. Uh, before we had the Gila River Casino at Wild Horse Pass out there, I ten and Chandler. Uh, for our watch party. It's going to be fun on Sunday. Make sure to join us. Make sure to sign up, become a PHNX diehard as well. Go phnx.com. Check out what we got in the PHNX locker. Last chance to win some t-shirts tomorrow afternoon or Friday afternoon for our preview show. where We're going to be breaking this thing down and we're going to ask you for sure. And we'll give our own thoughts. Kyler Murray stat lines in his debut. Don't miss it. You can only find it here. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, PHNX Cardinals. <laughs> 